Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, this is Tracy Swedlow, Editor-in-Chief of Interactive TV Today. And this is Radio ITT. This is our podcast that we've been doing for about 11 years where we speak to TV experts, insiders, innovators, technologists, all kinds of people. And today we have the great Zev Neumeyer. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tracy. Thank you for having me. Well, really happy that you're here. Uh, Zev is the founder of a company called Inkscape. And Inkscape provides, as they say, glass-level data derived from automatic content recognition, ACR technology, which picks up all kinds of information about how people watch across all platforms. And we thought we'd check in. We haven't spoken to you uh, through Radio ITVT for two years or so, maybe a little bit more. And I just thought we would check in as well as the fact that you are absolutely participating at TVOT. Now, the URL, by the way, is inscape.tv, I-N-S-C-A-P-E.tv. So, Zev, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's always good to be back at TVOT, one of my favorite shows in San Francisco. All right, great. Well, we're happy you're there. Uh, Inkscape is very, very busy. And, you know, ACR seems to be the new black, right? Uh, It sort of was very hot for a while. Then it disappeared when second screen uh, sort of, um, you know, as an opportunity to provide, uh, you know, apps that um, used ACR uh, sort of took a nosedive, but now it's back and it's becoming, um, you know, basically currency for the rise of multi-platform, cross-platform television as marketers uh, figure out new ways to manage it, measure it, analyze it. And you're basically providing all of that raw data. Is that, would you say that's that's a correct observation? That is 100% correct. Um, We like to think ourselves as the gasoline that powers um, many other, uh, the the entire field um, of TV measurement. I've said this before, but I think it bears repeating. The the three things that make the kind of ACR that we do um, unique and special and and powerful, right, is the the quality, right? It, it, It detects everything that hits that glass. The fact that it's glass level means that you don't have to go and worry about where the video came from. And it's matchability, the ability to take that data set and then match it uh, in combination with any other data set. And then you take those two pieces and it is now useful across the entirety of the TV industry. And what we do is we don't take that data and try to provide one solution. We take that data and enable other companies um, to go and provide their own independent view of that solution. We do that across the entire market. And the market that you are uh, pulling that data from is, I guess, 7.7 million TV, smart TV sets, all, you know, growing towards 8 million, uh, which I believe you say is um, outside of Samsung's walled garden, 35% of the active smart TV market. 
So I, I hate to correct you, Tracy, but 8.72 as of right now. Oh, okay, great. It's gross. It's the, the last bit of research. All right, fantastic. They so, keep more TVs. Uh, what can I do? Now, and and those that um that number of TVs are for people who have opted in to having their data, you know, you know, a sort of observed. They're okay with that, or is this across just all of those TVs, and then people can choose out of that particular group? No, so that's, that's a very important point and, and one that is near and dear to our heart. All of our TVs, the 8.72 that I just mentioned, is 100% opted in to this data. Um, and we make it very easy for them to opt in. We also make it very easy for them to opt out. And so that is not every single TV um, that, that Vizio sells, for example. Um, there's a great many TVs that choose not to participate, and that's fine. Um, they are, are, we only count TVs that are opted in. We don't give an inflated number. So th those are clean, uh, concrete um, data set on their own. So how many TVs uh, do you have access to if everybody opted in uh, within the Vizio? Of course, you know, you're, you're a subsidiary of Vizio. So how many TVs would you have access to if everybody opted in? So that's not such a simple question. I don't have a simple answer for that because, A, um, even if people don't opt in, they don't necessarily connect the TV. Yes, it's 2018. Some people still buy a connected TV and just use it as a dumb monitor. Um, and so it's not that simple. But ballpark, we get approximately a 70 to 80% opt-in rate, which is, which is exactly where I want it to be. Right. I don't want it to be too high because that means we're not really giving people an opportunity to opt out. I don't want it to be too low, of course, for obvious reasons. So you can do kind of arithmetic from there on. You know, uh, it seems to me like that's a great opportunity at the point where they make that decision to opt in or opt out to to give them an additional service to 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 see if, uh, you know, there's a way to have any, a relationship with that viewer. Is that something that you would like to pursue? Is there a business opportunity there? I mean, if they're handing over their data, maybe they want something back or maybe you give them an additional service. What what happens? So Visio always tries to provide additional services and make the TVs more usable, right? Um, the, the saying over here is the consumer comes first, right? Our, our top goal is to make a TV that is really usable to the consumer. Um, and towards that end, Visio doesn't do a lot of a lot of services that's, you know, that, that, that can be spun as a benefit, but really it's just an exercise to go put more ads on the screen. Um, but that being said, we're also very, very, very clear, right? you can opt into the service about monetizing this data. And if you don't, you're not going to lose any functionality from your television. Right? That, is, that is one of our core ethos, right? So any functionality, there is no tit for tat over here. It's like, well, if you want to activate the super great service, you got it. No, none of that business. You can opt in if you're comfortable. <laughs> you don't have to opt in if you're not comfortable. We try to provide, we try to provide as many useful services on the TV as you can in terms of recommendations for content and in terms of what content is available. Um, but, you know, we don't, we, don't, we don't hold the consumer hostage. That's not our way. Is there anything in particular that you, the data that you'd like to capture in the future that you can't capture right now? Um, not that you think, that you, think AC, that you think ACR could capture in the future? Yeah, not, not, not especially. I mean, the part of where the exciting things in this company is, 
not so much in terms of figuring out new ways, you know, ways to creep the consumer out. That's that's not a good way to go a business. A good way to go a business is to take the core data set that you have and find new and exciting things to do with it. So I'd actually, for example, for, for me, right, my goal is that in a couple of years, uh, nobody knows who the heck we are, right? Uh, we, we are just the gasoline that powers all these engines, right? When you, for example, think about buying a car, you're not thinking about buying a car that takes Chevron gas versus somebody else's gas, right? You're thinking about buying a Ford or a GM, right? The gasoline makes all of these things possible, but it's not really, it's not, it's not the thing that's creating the differentiation, right? I want to sell gasoline and I want, my, I want my, my, my channel partners and my customers to be the ones who get the headlines. So, for example, um, think of what the Lodemy came up with a story um, this week, which I thought was really, really cute, right? So, Rosen gets canceled. And Lodemy asks, <laughs> does anybody care? Right? Is, is it the same people watching Rosen today as they were watching last? And so, Lodemy has a good, one of our, one of our good channel partners. Um, Lodemy has a lot of information about uh, psychographic information and the demographic information about individual households. And so they went ahead and matched that information with our data set and said, look, the people who watched the original Roseanne show um, have a, had, had a very particular demographic uh, profile. And the people who are watching watch the new Roseanne show had a very different demographic profile. And if you look carefully at the article, they're, what they're kind of hinting at, that new demographic profile are not necessarily people who agree with Roseanne's point of view. And so canceling her show is going to hurt the pocketbooks, but it's not, re- it's not really much of a political statement because a lot of people were watching her show that didn't, don't, re- don't agree with her at all. Right? They were just kind of watching it because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a bad thing to do. Um, those kinds of, those, I find those kinds of things exciting. Right. And I guess our data powers that kind of ability. Right. But I don't want to, you know, it's, 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 I don't want to go into Lodemy's business. I just want to keep providing them gasoline so they can go ahead and push it forward. I thought of a word for you uh, glassoline. Glassoline. <laughs> I was going to Although I just looked that up. <laughs> that has too, too explosive. Uh, I think there's a rock and roll band or something called glassoline. So you might not be able to. To, oh, to use that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> look it up. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to go back actually to the past to find why um, you did, uh, you know, work on this technology or invent the technology and, you know, why you decided to stay, you know, in the business of providing the data, but not provide the other services that your 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 customers are providing, like Lodemy and iSpot and 4C. Um, you know, providing all the measurement and the insights who then, you know, have those relationships with the advertisers themselves or the, you know, the marketers. Why, why stay in the data business? What's exciting for you? So that's a good question, right? What's, what's, ex- the, what's exciting for me is to make the business grow in the most logical fashion possible, right? I, I'm, not, I'm not in this for any, uh, for any uh, castle building or, uh, or personal fame. So the logical thing to do when you have when 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 you're when you're a data provider like us, right, is to go ahead and do the job that nobody else can do, right? At the defend where we provide strategic competitive assets, right? Nobody else can provide this kind of data, or very few players can provide the data set that we provide. You have to be integrated into the OEM. The barriers of entry are very high. This is a highly patented area. 
right? The market doesn't bear, you know, lots and lots and lots of players in this. The market really will only bear one or two you know, large data providers. And so this is an area where we can add a lot of value that is genuinely difficult. This is a very difficult business to run, right? We scale up and down many hundreds of servers a day. We have, you know, we have hotlines into AWS. Um, it, this, is, this is not an easy thing to do. And this is where we can create a strategic competitive asset, right? We can do it. It's very hard for other people who can do it. We can go ahead and charge for it. Where we don't provide a strategic competitive asset is to go vertical into the market. Let's say for argument's sake, we could open up a retargeting service. We could, right? There are other players in this market that have attempted to do such a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But so could half a dozen other people. There is no barrier to entry f- to create a, the retargeting service. And more so, I'm then exposed to, uh, I'm then exposed to systematic, to, sorry, to non-systematic risk of who knows, maybe the television industry goes down the path of retargeting and maybe it doesn't. Right? I could, for example, provide an audience uh, buying and selling platform. I could. But again, great, so can a great many other people. And again, I'm exposing myself to non-systematic risk of maybe they don't want my audiences. Maybe they want their own audiences. Maybe they want to use first-party data. Maybe they don't want to use first-party data. Right. So you think about what, for example, OpenAP and Nielsen is doing. They're saying, you will use my audiences. And maybe they're right. And maybe they're wrong. Right. But for me to grow the business, the best opportunity I have, the chessboard dictates that I should stick to the sub, stick to that part of the business where I provide value with nobody else can service it. And then enable activate my data through as many bets on the table as I can without actually having to take any of that risk. Or since I live in San Francisco, I have to use the gold miner analogy. There's a gold rush. A lot of gold miners are going to go to the mountains to mine for gold. Some of them will come with gold. Some of them will get eaten by bears. Um, but I am the schmuck in San Francisco who's selling all these gold miners' jeans. Hmm. We're selling them jeans, right? They're the ones who are trying to come yeah. up with. The, they're the ones who are trying to come up with making a, with with making the television with revolutionizing the television industry. And some of them will succeed, and some of them will fail miserably. And some of them will fail miserably not because their idea is wrong, but just because you know such is life. Um, so there's been various announcements recently about how the uh, you know the broadcasters are starting to really explore the use of this data. Uh, there were articles in the Wall Street Journal and elsewhere talking about um, how iSpot was able to use your data. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know it was more about what iSpot was doing. And so yes, in some in some ways you're kind of like a white label service underneath all of this, right? We love those. Uh, those are my favorite kind. The best card, the best article in the universe is the one that shows that my channel partners using my data are kicking ass and taking names or doing all these cool, wonderful things. And maybe we get a mention on the bottom of powered by Inkscape data. I am perfectly cool with that. All right. Because at the end of the day, when they succeed, I succeed. And so when you see that the broadcasters are sort of putting their toe in the water and offering what they're calling uh, outcomes, outcome guarantees, mm-hmm. uh, based uh, versus uh, Nielsen rating guarantees, where you know if if people don't get certain ratings that they've been that promised, that the the broadcasters, the marketers will you know give them additional inventory and all kinds of other you know things to satiate them. But um, but outcome guarantees are actually based on real data uh, conversion 
and hardcore measurement. You know, they say they're just going to, they're just sort of getting into that business. How long do you think it will take for all of these broadcasters sort of turn on the light and realize that this is the way to go? How, what's your prediction for how long it's going to take till it's uh, the mainstream way of doing things? So I think I've, I've said this before. In a hundred years from now, right, if we are not, if we are not selling, uh, if we're not selling ads based 100% data driven, right, based on outcome, then I, I'm, I'm completely out of my rocker. So somewhere between now and 100 years from now, that transition will happen. When? <laughs> <laughs> the world is littered with people who have successfully managed to underestimate the television's ability, television industry's ability to stay stubborn. Um, it does, look, it, to me, it's a no-brainer, right? Um, why should you not sell ads on outcome? On, on the contrary, right, like it, it, in, in the universe, that, that it's, it, it's fairly easy for me to say, to see um, a universe where you're bidding for ad inventory, right, based 100%, not only on the outcome of who sees the ad, but on the outcome of what that ad moves the needle for you. There is nothing stopping a brand today um, from saying, let's say, for, for example, cars, that's the easiest one to imagine. There's nothing stopping a car brand today from measuring the actual outcome of exposure to their ads to people showing up at the dealership. That's a loop that you can close even in 2018, right? And at that point, do they really care what demo they're hitting? No, they don't. They care how many cars they sell. And they can totally do that. And, you know, when you get into other brands like, let's say, McDonald's, which, uh, you know, our dear friend Jonathan Stoyer has always said, well, anybody with a mouth is their customer. Well, maybe that's a little harder. But still, I mean, you can, you can measure exposures to advertising, to purchasing behavior, right? Are they buying Big Macs or are they buying the salad, right? So the, I, I, the world is definitely going in that direction. What makes me excited about it is, unlike the previous data sets, right? Unlike, let's say, Nielsen, that dictates from the top to the industry, you will use this measurement, you will use these audiences, and it inherently stifles competition in that fashion. Our data, anybody can use our gasoline, our glassoline, sorry, right? So <laughs> when we go ahead and activate, yet another reason, by the way, why we don't go vertical, right? When we go ahead and activate, we activate our data on the buy side, we activate our data on the sell side. We activate our data on the ad tech side. And so all of a sudden that creates competition in the market for different people with different ideas. And so when I'm seeing the universe where a buyer comes to NBC and says, I would like to buy the following inventory. I'm not going to tell you why. I just, just, I just want to buy it because I have some data that says that's valuable. And NBC goes, holy shit, Taki Mushrooms, what is going on here? I better go get my own data to go figure out why it is that they're trying to be, they're trying to buy this remnant inventory in the middle of the night that they didn't want to look at before, right? Um, that kind of that kind of back and forth is really in the end of the day what's going to change this market. There's not going to be a bunch of guys in the boardroom somewhere. It is going to be because somebody's going to come and say, "I'm willing to bid three bucks for this inventory that's really that you that you think is only worth two dollars." I'm not going to tell you why. I would say that uh, you know as much as you are selling it to all of these marketers, the sell and, uh, you know, the buy side. What about the consumers? Have you had any um, inquiries from companies who want to provide data and new services to consumers directly and monetize, you know, like that? I mean, I know if I, if I had access to all sorts of applications that would allow me to play along with the show or trivia, I mean, look at the success of HQ or do something that would allow me to participate with a group of people 
while I'm watching a particular network, I, I'd pay for that. Why not, why not tap into the consumers? I, my, my prediction. And- lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the reason why I bring that up is that something like that, this, a success with uh, consumer apps that are generating real revenue based on data, you know, uh, uh, apps that use your data might convince the marketers that there are more opportunities to be had and that might turn, you know, turn the needle, move the needle. What do you think? It could be. It it, it could be. I mean, to back a couple of years ago, right, we ran quite a few of these with LG, right? We famously ran the Showtimes app on LG, where they did Homeland and and several other uh, shows, even got an Emmy Mm -hmm. for it. Right. We ran this thing uh, for what was the name of that sci-fi show? The one in St. Louis when they have the arch, it's broken in the middle and yet the arch doesn't fall down. I could never see that show because that one thing just broke realism for me. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Um, no, but I'm going to look it up as soon as I... Defiance, that's defiance, right. Defiance, yeah, they have the St. Louis arch. St. Louis arch is broken. I'm like, people, do you, did, you not, did you not learn in school how arches work? Um. So anyways, so I didn't learn that. I didn't learn that in school, but uh, that's an interesting question. You Go take, ahead. You take a piece of an arch out, the whole arch will fall down. That's how arches work. All right. <laughs> anyways, um, that totally, totally broke the fourth wall for me on that show. Um, they broke my suspension of disbelief. So anyways, the, we did those and with some mild success. Um, it's not that consumers, did, some consumers really liked it. And a lot of consumers said, ah, whatever, right? Um, if you think about it, I think that that universe has morphed um, more towards the retargeting space. So if you think what retargeters are doing, they're kind of, do, they're kind of going directly to the consumer. They're going, hey, consumer, I know that you're really interested in a cruise. Because, and I know that you have been exposed to I don't know, 16 cruise commercials in the past. Um, I, I mean, the, the cruise that you take on the ship, right? Um, in the past uh, two days, I'm going to give, I have this great offer for half off of Disney Cruise and I'm going to give that to you. And that's a benefit to the consumer because the consumer actually is interested in that particular offer, right? And so that's, I think, the direction that those direct to the consumer pieces have gone today, right? Will they go mm-hmm. towards the direction of more actual heavy interaction with the show? Could be, right? In the end of the day, the consumer's in charge. They can choose to use this stuff or not. I mean, it seems to me like that's a clear example of for the potential of interactive TV if the viewer has access to, you know, data, but somebody's managing it. It seems like a great opportunity. But all right, maybe that's for the future. Uh, By the way, there's a specific uh, fact that we haven't brought up. Uh, I know, like we said, that you're, uh, you know, you are owned by Vizio, but you also have a deal with an unnamed European OEM. Are you willing to say who that is? Um, not quite yet, but we, we do indeed have a deal with an unnamed European OEM and we will be launching in Europe, uh, sometime this year, as I am sure has occurred to you, GDPR has thrown the entirety of Europe into, into a very slow, um, and steady kind of thing. 
Um, and for us, we've always been very, we've always been the blue chips of, of, of privacy and of respecting and putting the consumer first. And so we're going to take Europe slow and steady, step by step, brick by brick, and make sure that what, whatever it is we're doing, we're making sure that they, we, again, we're putting the consumers first and, um, and not, you know, not rushing into something and, uh, and, and, and forgetting that piece. I, I hear you on that. The, the whole GDPR thing has obviously impacted um, U.S. industries here. Us, uh, you know, we have to put out a new type of subscriber, you know, uh, uh, document on our websites. It's, it's slowing everybody down. But if that's what needs to be done, it has to be done. But American markets are growing here fast and furiously. And of course, we're going to be talking a lot about the rise of ATSC 3.0, which will uh, help the local broadcasting market grow in new ways and become more interactive are you um interested in and where that might go i mean that that's going to be a whole new set of uh customers perhaps correct local television local broadcasters yep look as far as i'm concerned you know my data is the gasoline that helps other people create strife and controversy in the television industry i like strife and controversy atsc 3.0 as far as i'm concerned is a shot across the bow from the local broadcasters to the nationals and like, we are going to do something different. We're going to, we're, go, we, we're, gonna, we're gonna stay relevant in this day where anybody can go on OTT and download their favorite uh, games from, uh, you know, from, from ESPN.com. I have zero idea whether it will be successful or not, but I don't care. That's not, that's not a place where I'm placing my, you know, that, that's not a place where I'm, placing, where I'm placing my bet. Where I am placing my bet is that somebody somewhere will win and somebody else somebody will lose and the both of those sides will buy my data for that. Can you imagine any types of, um, of opportunities for innovation there uh, for, uh, uh, you know, for marketers to take advantage of? In terms of what? In terms of ATC3? Yeah. Like, like how would you, like, what would you recommend to marketers um, to take advantage of that particular new opportunity? I mean, do you provide that kind of insight? Uh, yeah, I mean, ATSC three by its ATSC three one of, one of the one of one of the important things that it does, aside of course from 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 riding on four K and whatnot, is allow the marketers to go back and and to 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 do the interactive television bit that they've been dreaming about for a bit. Um, so there is a possibility where ATSC three gives marketers the ability to allow activation on their ads, right? Click here to to get more info, or something like that. Um, whether that goes and sees the light of day is, is one question. Whether consumers will accept it is, an, is, is another good question. I, I will point out that if, if and when people choose to go down that path, again, they will be much more, they will greatly benefit from, uh, from add layering on top of that ACR data. Right? Because what you want to know is not just that at this exact moment, a television is watching um, my given ad and be able to do something about it. Right? That's about half the pie. What you want to know is every single other ad that television has watched. And that's where ACR data comes in. Right? Kind of key to my ethos, I don't try to solve all the problems of the world. I try to solve the problems of the world, the one problem of the world that I can solve better than anybody else. Right? And, let, and let people go ahead and use that data in conjunction with what they already have. So I don't see ATC3, for example, as being a, a non-complementary technology. You can do a great many things with ATC3 you can do those things better when you layer ACL data on top of it, right? Um, that's, the way that, uh, that's the way that we view the world. How big is this operation? 
how many servers or can you sort of describe how massive this is? It, it must be, like you said, very difficult to do, very complex. And then the second question is, is when you do pull this data, are you organizing it in, um, in you know, by show, by network? Um, is in some kind of raw form that then you, you deliver to your third party customers and they pull all that data apart. I mean, to, you know, to what extent do you organize that data and then hand it over? So it's True. a two-part question. Yeah, so part one, um, pretty big. Um, one, what, one of the things that makes our ACR technology um, useful is that we get things from the television. It's, it's a fingerprint, it's a video fingerprint-based technology, right? Um, and so we get pings from the television multiple times a second. Right, so for the entire life the television is on, it's continuously pinging our servers. Well, you got almost nine million TVs. That's a lot of pings and requires a lot of servers, right, to continuously manage the state of all those televisions. And we do detections in real time, right? So um, every single time a television is on and it sends a ping to the server, the server has to go take that ping and go and process it and go update the status of the detection and go save all that information into into big ass database where it can go ahead and be, be queried. So that, um, that operation in and of itself is not a trivial thing. Um, it, is, it is a good thing that it is, it is very fortuitous that when I started this company about 10 years ago is exactly when cloud computing started to rise because this would not work without cloud. Um, we, are, you know, we spin up and down hundreds of servers every day. I mean, that's, 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 that to, to me, again, if you ask me that 10 years ago, that, that would be insane. And by the way, 10 years ago when I did that, when I, when I originally started proposing this idea, the most common criticism I got was, this will never scale. Are you out of your bloody mind? Nobody has that many. You're not going to buy hundreds of servers. You to get out of here. Um, that was the most common complaint. Um, and look, at the time, it was a fair complaint, right? Without cloud computing, this, this, this would not see the light of day. The answer to the second question is, we generally organize the data by its uh by you know by by the by a device and a piece of content right so device number five two seven eight right and again remember we don't know who the who the, who who is behind the device and we don't care right for us it's device number five two seven eight completely anonymized device number five two seven eight watched um let's go pick on Roseanne again Roseanne between five and five oh seven at which point they changed they they went and they watched the Three you know, commercial numbers Q, commercial number Z, and then they went and watched Seinfeld episode number 52 for whatever, right? That's the way that we transaction the data. And then we take that, 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 and we don't care, by the way, which, how they, how that video got to the television, right? So we are, we are not, we're not, for example, listening on a channel and can only tell you that they're watching, you know, this channel. We are letting you, what we do is we, we detect the actual piece of content, right? So you know for a fact, they're watching this episode of Roseanne, right? Whether they watched the linear on the, on, on, the, on the channel or whether they got the Blu-ray or whether they got over there doing, whether they're, they're, they ripped it off of uh, YouTube and are now watching it from a laptop connected to the TV. I am primarily interested in the, I'm, I'm first and primarily interested in the actual content that they watched, right? So if you're looking for a television that has watched, I don't know, 16 instances of the Disney Cruise commercial, Right, mm -hmm. then I, you can know with certainty that they've watched 16 instances of the Disney Cruise commercial. That is the piece of content that they watched. Right, and then we also attribute it to where it came from. Right, so in the case of the Disney Cruise commercial, right, did they watch it on? Uh, did they watch it on the linear channel, right, of their antenna, or did they watch it from a cable box, or did they watch it from a VOD service, etc.? I mean, they they clearly didn't watch it from you know from from Netflix or anything like that. But 
if they watch it from one of the from one of the ad supported OTT services. So, um, but you're not have... you're not necess- you're not necessarily in the business of determining whether or not they're an actual subscriber of Netflix or they have you know recorded some Netflix content and played it on a different TV. You you don't you're not there to deal with DRM issues or to figure Correct. out. We are you know, not what... there to deal with DRM issues. This is not something. Okay. This is not something. Again, this is not something that that is strategically competitive asset for us. There are other there are other approaches to DRM that that makes a lot more sense than this. What's what's coming up next? There are there any announcements coming up in the next six months? Well, if if, if I were told you right now, then they wouldn't be an announcement if they came up in six months, now, would they? I I know I know, but you know, I'm, are are there things coming down the pike that uh, you can hint at, perhaps? Maybe not. No, I don't. I, my, my my ability to put, as my wife tells me all the time, my ability to predict the future is somewhere between zilt and none at all. Um, or rather, I can predict the future very well. I'm just wrong all the time. Um, I have I have a very strong negative correlation to accuracy when I predict the future. Uh, one of the things we have, I can tell you what we have seen in the past couple of months and what appears to be growing, and I think you talked about it earlier, is about the outcome-based buying. Right? We have seen NBC announce, um, and iSpot was mentioned in that announcement, the Wall Street Journal, that they are going down the, the path of, of outcome-based buying. And again, by the way, it's our data powering that right, to some extent. So for us, that, that's a wonderful um, A&E announced um, with, that they are working with both Data Plus Math and, again, iSpot. And, again, both of those are channel partners. Uh, that they're, they're both using our data to, again, do um, outcome-based buying. And I think there's going to be a lot more of that this year. Right? I think the market has finally come to a conclusion that they better start going down that path or else. Um, so I think that's where we're going to see the most amount of acceleration. I, and one more question. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you know that uh, you had an interesting observation about the Roseanne show that the people who were actually watching her show weren't necessarily politically aligned with her. And you know, and, and um, I'm kind of curious. You must get to see a lot of interesting things about how people watch television. Do you have any specific anecdotes that uh, you know something that surprised you, or specific observations about uh, things that you think people might be curious about yeah it's interesting i mean like running this business you learn a lot about the american psyche that is very subtle right the um, americans have a very special relationship with their television in in the way that they don't really have with many other devices i think it has a lot to do with the with when television showed up uh, you know showed up in history when when the american nation was 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 reforming in its modern state after world war ii um, but yeah, people, what makes television data very interesting is that it almost never changes. So when it does, it has very meaningful effects. So my favorite anecdote is when, uh, when the hurricane was, was, was ravaging Florida, right? And we will look, and for not surprisingly that one day, um, the weather channel was number one. Um, and mm-hmm. that's. That in and of itself, by the way, is remarkable. I don't think that has ever in the history of this country has ever happened. The Weather Channel was 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 number one for the day. Um, and okay, that makes sense. But when we looked at where it was number one, you would have expected to be number one along the southeast. I mean, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, so whenever a hurricane hit hit Florida, we would get the tail of it, and so we would watch the Weather Channel to make sure, you know, to see when it was going to rain. So I expected the Weather Channel to be number one in Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, up to Virginia. 
but it wasn't. It was number one all the way up to all, all the way up on the East Coast, all the way in the Midwest, right? So people in Chicago are sitting there watching the Weather Channel, right, as the hurricane is coming into Florida, and this is real time as the hurricane is coming in, and we can see the televisions in Florida shutting down as they start losing power, which is kind of like surrealistic. And it was was number one in the entire country, with the exception of Los Angeles. You can read whatever you want into that. <laughs> all, right. all the way up into Portland and Oregon. And then all of a sudden, it drops off the map. And we're like, what happened? And then we look at it again. Football came on. You can read whatever you want into that. Well, that's um, that's a very interesting observation. Uh, it'd be great to uh, to have more of those sort of recorded and presented. It, it'd, be a, it'd be a good magazine or online blog or something. But anyway, uh, thank you so much, Zev. I really appreciate it. Uh, there's uh, so much going on. Like I said, the data is the not only the glassoline, but it's the the blood you know it's the the that this industry is going to you know survive on and thrive on and i'm i'm assuming that this will be a, a way for more and more companies third party customers like that, that that you've already named and others to explore and to figure out you know new ways new apps to provide the marketers as well as customers. That was my suggestion earlier. I think there's a lot of opportunity here. So thank you so much for giving us the inside story. I think there is. I agree with you. If you want to, if you want to go revolutionize the TV industry, we'll sell you some glassing. We'll have to put that in a, in a like a bumper sticker. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. The TV industry. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Inscape is I-N-S-C-A-P-E dot TV, and stay tuned because Zev will be speaking at TVOT on, actually, I need to bring up the names of the sessions, but you can find the sessions he'll be on at TVOTshow.com, and we'll have sessions listed there. Uh, I'll tell you exactly where you'll be. You'll be on a session called ACR Measurement, and that will be at 11.05. And you are also beyond a session called TV Data of Today. That's uh, with uh, the moderator will be Long Wang of Merkel. So that'll be great. Thank you so much. This is Tracy Swedlow. And uh, be sure to go to tvotshow.com slash register hyphen tvot because the event's coming up June 13th and 14th. Take care.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.